This episode is brought to you by my bookie. Dad, you ever bet on sports? No, never. That's because you're a fucking loser. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't want to be a loser, uh, what you got to do is check out mybookie.ag and you can bet on all your favorite sports and win yourself some money. Um, that's how the winners live, right? Am I right? That's right. Okay, good. Glad you don't disagree with me. Um, mybookie.ag has the most lines, best odds, and fastest payouts of any online sports book. And they also have 24-7 customer support. So when you're drunk at the bar and you're like, this is a good idea, and you're like, why isn't this working? They'll help you out. You'll be all right. Uh, they'll also, right now, match your initial deposit up to uh, 50% up to $1,000 if you enter our promo code THPN. So if you put in $100, they'll give you an extra 50 You can go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code THPN, match your initial deposit, 50% up to $1,000, my bookie, you bet, you win, you get paid. Enjoy the episode. Hey there. If you didn't know, now you know, hopefully. The Hockey Podcast Network now has individual feeds for every podcast on the network. So what that means is you can go to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, all the rest of those things. And you can search Siren Sounder Podcast, and you can now subscribe to that individual feed to where you can get all those episodes coming to you without having to sift through the rest of them. So go do that and rate and review while you're there. Appreciate it. Enjoy the episode. What's up, Siren Sounder Podcast, episode 39, Hockey Podcast Network. We're here again. It's Monday, and I'm joined by my Faja. Very, very tight. Would you agree? <laughs> no? Maybe not? Anyway. Oh, hang on. You're not even recording. There. How about that? Is that uh, better? Okay. Okay, now. cool. We didn't even give him a chance to talk. Maybe I should just do that for, uh, I'll just talk shit about you. <laughs> turn your mic off, you know, and then after I'm done, I'll turn your mic back on. That way that, that would be totally you. Yeah, it, it would be. I'm <laughs> glad you recognize that. Um, all right. Well, it's always more fun to do these episodes after the Hurricanes win a few games instead of just losing every game. Um, so we got to see the Hurricanes beat the Arizona Coyotes, and then we got to see them turn around and beat the Vegas Golden Knights uh, Saturday night. Which was fun to see. Um, what you? What, what were your thoughts on that last two games, at least, of performance? Well, first of all, it's also more fun to listen to this podcast after <laughs> a couple wins versus the other way. Um, yeah, I, I think there was there was a lot of up and down during every each one of the games. I think there were parts of each of the game where the Carolina, there were the Hurricanes were fairly dominant and controlled um, pace of the game. I also still see, you know, a lot of the. Uh, the team getting hemmed in in their own end a lot, and uh, I think that just drains the guy's energy and and ends up. Oh, it seems to always come up, you know, getting in the back of their net after things like that. So yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you. Um, I also think that I mean, hey, look, two wins and the let's see, let me do the math real quick. The combined score of those two games is eleven to eight. Yeah. So I mean, great winning games, and it's fantastic, I guess, to see the offense come back. Um, but you're obviously still allow you know eight, an average of four goals a game isn't going to get That's you not a winning combination no not at all so um, you know defense obviously 
still having the same sort of issues. Um, but again, on a positive note, it's it's always good to see that you can win games when you're still giving up four goals a game. That's impressive. Absolutely. Um, if we look back specifically to the uh, Arizona game, I thought that the Arizona game started out, obviously, I mean, let's be real. The first goal was a lucky bounce. Mm-hmm. They got that Spashan Ajo with like the perfect tip on his own goalie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you take that away, I thought it was a it was an okay first period, nothing special, but not you know the meltdown variety that we've seen lately from from the team. And uh, you know, I thought that the the goaltending wasn't at fault at all for those goals, um, and it wasn't necessarily just huge defensive breakdowns. It was a little bit of bad luck early, um, and then you know second period comes, Hurricanes start getting to their game, um, but but ultimately. In that game, it was the it was the decision by, and it was actually, I mean, it's, I'm all for giving Rod Brindamore all the credit in the world for everything ever, um, but it was actually a decision by Jeff Daniels to put the uh, the first line together of Svech, Aho, and Taravainen. So um, I think that was the the real turning point in that game. We can say, uh, what 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 do you think about that line? Yeah, I thought that was a big move, um, and. It, it was that line was pretty dominant, uh, yeah. especially in that second period. Um, so yeah, I, I would agree that the start of the game was fairly average for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't you know one of their better starts. Um, yeah, bad luck on that first goal. Um, Aho, I just I guess his stick is just meant to Magic, always hit yeah. the puck. Yep, puck um, magnet, regardless of which direction it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I think that move, that call by Jeff Daniels is, is a big one. He's a phenomenal coach. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, you know, hopefully we can keep him there because he's, he's head coach material, Yeah, I would think. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there's a lot of guys in the league that probably are. Um, but, you know, unless you run into a situation like the Capitals with Todd Reardon where their coach essentially decides to leave them and they're just like, not what? We have a stand. We just want a Stanley Cup. Like, we don't necessarily want to bring someone from outside. Like, what do we do? You promote a guy like that, um, so you know. Hopefully, that doesn't. Yeah, it's not the situation. Hopefully, that's never an issue <laughs> for the Hurricanes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's great to know that. You know, I think Dean Schnauth. You could say the same thing. He's a he's mm-hmm. a fantastic defensive coach. Yeah. Uh, I thought that Steve Smith before him, you know, was a great coach. But I understand why they wanted to kind of start over after. Yeah, I would agree with that. Years of just, eh. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of years. It was eh. It was a lot of years. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and we went through the eh, right? Yeah. Hopefully, Every we're through game. it. Every game, every game. Yeah, hopefully we're through it for a while. You know, I think that even if the Hurricanes were to not make the playoffs this year, it would not be, it would not be the same. It would still feel like a, this team has what it takes. You know, it wouldn't be like a, oh, congratulations, we melted down again at the end of the year. Yeah, it wouldn't feel like, uh, you know, that time period during that ten year drought for sure. No, do you remember that season when I forget what year it was? I remember though that we had I we had recorded the game and then I had a hockey game and we just happened to like see the score when we were walking out and it ruined everything. But it was that it was maybe it was like 2014 or something like that. They they played Tampa Bay the last year or the last game of the year and it was winning your in losing your not in and they lost like five to two or, yeah. and we were like you're not even gonna make it close. Cool, yeah. you know yeah, they got killed that game. That's yeah, right. it was horrible. So um, you know. I say that now, and now that's how this season will end. They'll, yeah. It'll come down to the last game. They'll lose 5-2 because I said that. But. Yeah. I think the difference is this year, though, is, I mean, you have to to keep pace with the mm-hmm. the divisions 
in particular. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, you know, in, in that year, I mean, I don't think that they had a ton of, I mean, it's not like they were a, on a hundred point season pace. Right. Yeah. I don't even think it was 80. Um, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it, was, it was more than 80, but I'm <laughs> just not saying, the wings. <laughs> I'm just saying this, this year is one of those years where you have to keep pace because everybody's winning. Right. Definitely. Yeah. But, um, I don't even remember how we got to this point, yeah, but, uh, uh, the, the, the Svetch Aho turbo line is what we were talking about. And, you know, a lot of people I feel like are of the mindset that, why have these guys not been together all year? Or like can point to that and say, see, this is what happens when you put your best players together. But to kind of defend the the coaching staff and, and their decisions, I would say that you know what you have in those three guys. You know that if you put them together, you're going to score some goals, right? But then what are the rest of your lines? To me, it's the same reason that they 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 could put Slavin and Pesci together, right? And have just an absolute top-of-the-line shutdown defensive pair that plays 30 minutes a game. But then what do you have after that? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's less that on the Ford side because the Hurricanes do have talent to back up their Ford group. It's just that a lot of guys have kind of had a down few weeks and are, are trying to get back to it. Um, and on the defensive end, it's more of just these guys just... You know, you can't expect them to perform much better than they're performing. That's just kind of their their level of talent and, and what they're doing. And um, so for the Fords, I think, you know, if... if And it was great to see Eric Hall get a goal against Vegas, and we'll, and we'll get to that game. But um, guys like Natchez, Dezingle, Halla, uh, Jordan Stahl, you know, you don't count on him to produce all the offense. But, you know, being involved in it, Warren Fogle... Uh, continuing having you know a pretty good offensive year, I think he's had, um, and Nino Niederreiter figuring out what the hell has been going on with him yeah. this year. Um, I think that you know if, if if those guys get going and can do what they can do, then it's amazing to be able to leave that line and still have have depth, right? Um, but you can't sacrifice all your depth. And I know that a lot of people point to. I've seen this a lot online. People will point to like a Boston's a one line team. And look what they've done with it. Okay. <laughs> but it's the the one line you're talking about is Patrice Bergeron, uh, Brad Marchand, and David Pasternak. Yeah. Do you know another team that has <laughs> no. those three guys to throw in a line and still have anyone else to play? No, that's mm? not a fair comparison. No, it's not at all. And also, oh, by the way, uh, you know, they have Tukarask and uh, Halak in net. Yeah which is probably the best one-two tandem in the league. So even if the rest of the team's getting hung out to dry, they could probably still limit the goals that are getting scored on them. And, you know, I feel like you can count on that line for one goal a game at least. Um, so, but I think also Boston would tell you that's not an ideal... So, I mean, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about the whole one-line team thing? Like, is that a... Is that a model for success? Are we seeing that in Boston? Or is it... Or is it there's more going on... No, there's more going on there, I, and, and I think when you when people talk about teams like Boston, that you know they do have an you know otherworldly first line there, but the other lines aren't exactly you know right scrubs. No, so they're still a deep team. I, I'm yeah. saying they're they're a deep team, so I think that they can get away with it. Um, and, and then the, and of course the, the the defensive pairings are are up there too, and the, right. and the goaltending is is uh, high end so I, I they can get away with it more so than some other teams yeah I, i'll say this though i mean i i think when i look at changes like they made with that that line on the canes um i think sometimes it's 
really short-term success. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the other team is coming into a game and they've prepared their game plan against a line. This line didn't exist. Right. This wasn't on paper for them to prepare for. Yeah. So I think sometimes that can have really short-term success, and I think people overreact and go, you should be doing that all the time. Yeah. But you're 30 games down the road, and every single team is preparing for that coming in. Mm-hmm. Very different story. Yeah, definitely. It's. I mean, it's why any amazing rookie phenom has a sophomore slump yeah because teams are like oh this guy exists let's game plan for him the year before nobody i mean they knew who you were but it's like an 18 19 year old kid you know they're not game planning for you they don't know how good you are they're game planning for the stars that they know are there so yeah i I, that's actually a good point i haven't really thought of is the the fact that teams will adjust to that i i don't see that line staying no i don't either but it it is a it is a nice thing to be able to go to when you need a shakeup, um, and I think that it, I think that if anything, you know, if those guys have any level of success and they have already in in two games, um, I think that you'll see them get split up, and you know it's probably going to be two of those guys on one line, one guy on the other, and a lot of times it's Tavo Teravine and on his own because look, Rod just trusts Tavo to be the amazing player he is, and and go spread his talents to other lines that need help. Like the, He's just kind of like the magic pixie dust you sprinkle on other lines <laughs> to get them going. Um, and I think that if they, if and when they do separate, you'll see more confidence from those guys because they got to experience that success, and, and that only helps you know make the other lines that they do join better. So I, I, I think that it's a great decision. Um, you know, I, I don't see it being a super fantastic solution going forward for the rest of the year like you said i just think other teams will adjust to it and and when they know they just have to i mean look at arizona that's what the hurricanes did to arizona arizona scores those first couple goals then the hurricanes get a few and then the hurricanes can just say okay that taylor hall line shut it down after that who's gonna score on you i mean come score on us please like uh, go for it try your best you just you don't i feel like the islanders it's the same thing a lot of teams can do that i mean and and they're they are definitely not a one-line team they have depth throughout, you know, they have uh, weapons on each line, but throughout their lineup in general, the way they disperse it, it's, there's not an, a ridiculously elite amount of talent on any given line. So I feel like, you know, the Hurricanes have been able to do that to teams that are like that mm-hmm. um, and just kind of say, you know, let's take care, let's get our Slavin and Stahl out there against this, this line and everybody else just, you know, 50% Corsi 4 or better against them and you're and you're good. Like keep the puck in their end and we'll win the game. Um so you know, that's a to me that's 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 what the Hurricanes need to do um is get what they can out of that line. Hopefully those guys get more confidence and if they break them up because you know, either it's starting and hey, I say if if it's if it's going well, leave them, you know. Don't there's no point in breaking it up five games from now if the Hurricanes go on a five-game winning streak yeah. like this. And I also think that Rod's not the type of coach that would that would do that. He's not into shaking things up just for the sake of, you know, shaking things up. Like, he's he's happy to admit, like, hey, I didn't really think this was going to work, but it's working, so let's keep doing it. Like, uh, all that sort of stuff. So, jumping forward to the Vegas game, 6-5, shootout win. Um, Justin Williams, <laughs> we signed him for shootout goals, obviously. <laughs> Uh, I said before, if that's in his uh, incentives for his bonus, the man's cashing checks. Write him a check. Yeah, he's cashing checks in the summer. Um, you know, obviously, and, and and to be fair or to be like just honest here going forward, it's great the Hurricanes have been able to get a lot of these shootout wins, but they got to start figuring out how to win 
in regulation or at least overtime when they get there. Uh, because, you know, as you know, or whoever doesn't know that the first tiebreaker is regulation wins. The next one's regulation overtime wins. That shootout wins don't give you anything for that. They're just a win. Uh, if anything, you get the plus one goal differential from the, the win of it. <laughs> but uh, you can't keep winning all your games and shootouts that you need to win. So uh, it's great that the Hurricanes have been able to get the two points. Two points matter more than anything else. But at the end of the day, they're going to need to, if they're put in a position where they're fighting, you know, every game for two points over this team, two points over that team, they're going to need to start doing it more in regulation to, to just give themselves, uh, I don't know, safety blanket, if you will. But, uh, you know, it's a, it, it's cool to keep winning, you know, I'm down to do it. However, if we win every game the rest of the season in a shootout, that's fine. That's fine with me if they, if they want to do that. Um, and, uh, six, five performance, obviously like do you remember a couple weeks ago when we were like, where is our offense? <laughs> and now we're winning. We've scored 11 goals in the last two games. Um, so that's nice to see, at least. Yeah, it was good to see some offensive output. I, I think, you know, to uh, again, this was another one of those games where they got hemmed in mm-hmm. a number of times and um, it ends up hurting them. Um, I mean, I, it, it was good to see after, the, after that first period. Obviously, the late goal in the first period was big. Yeah. That's usually um, the other way around, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, at least you go into the locker room during the break feeling a little bit better about that that period. Um, and then you get into this back and forth, back and forth, like, you know, and, and yeah, the bit, that extra point was big. Um, I just, you know, I always get super nervous <laughs> getting to that shootout just based on the yeah. entire history of the team. I know, uh, but then you look at this year. Have they lost the shootout yet? I think they lost... One maybe. I I, don't, I think they might think be undefeated. Might be, in I think they. Yeah. I think they've lost. They lost. I remember they lost an overtime game to Columbus earlier in the year, uh, and I don't know that they've. Oh, and they lost the overtime game to Vancouver mm-hmm. when Elias Pettersson or Elias, oh. Pet, however the hell that guy wants to say <laughs> his name. Hey, be less Swedish, you know. Just make it Elias Peterson. Just be American, you know, <laughs> or Canadian or whatever. Stop being so European. Um, he scored that overtime goal. So I think they have two overtime losses. Well, I don't know. You could, I, we, yeah. I guess we could look at their <laughs> fucking record and then I could tell you for sure how many overtime losses they have. Um, but yeah, they've been a team that's just dominated in overtime. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's an interesting little wrinkle in, in it is, you know, that, Yeah. With the, with the players that they've got on the team, I mean, that three on three is, is good for them. I mean, they you know, he puts a lot, some lines out there. I always get a kick out of the fact, I mean, you throw Jordan Stahl out there in a three-on-three, <laughs> win a face-off, and then go immediately off the ice. Yeah. Get him <laughs> so, out of there. That's, that's always funny to me. But no, it's I, this has been one of those years where the um, you know the overtime records and, and into the shootout has been, I mean, obviously better than in the past. I just, you know, I again, they've they've got to get more of a killer instinct in certain cases, in certain scenarios where they're not, um, you know, giving up. Some of these guys are just making bad, you know, they just it looks like they get lost out there sometimes on defense. I mean, even in the Vegas game, mm-hmm. you know, they they just it looks like a basketball team out there sometimes where a guy just goes, oh, "Wait a minute, who am I supposed to be guarding?" Yeah, yeah, I agree. We see that a lot. I mean, you saw Sebastian Ajo get just just completely beat to the net by uh I forget who exactly it was defenseman though he was he was he was switched with the winger he was guarding the point which I've said this a lot 
there's not many easier jobs than being a winger on defense in hockey. Like it's it's super simple. You're literally just guarding the point. All you got to do is watch that guy. You, a lot of guys get puck focused, but like you slump in to help out if it's like a desperate situation. But in general, like you're just kind of hanging out up there. You're waiting for the puck to come to the boards. You're waiting to win a battle and beat a guy there. But what you can't, the only thing you absolutely can't let happen is that defenseman beat you to the net. Because once he does, it's an immediate scoring chance because he's wide open in the slot. No, you're the only person paying attention to him, you know. Uh, and that's, you know, he let, he let him get by him there. Um, I don't I don't specifically remember a whole lot of other really bad breakdowns that led to goals. I do, Although I do, I'm pretty sure a few of those goals were definitely relatively bad defensive breakdowns. And then I remember you had the Reimer, uh, hey, what are you doing behind the net yeah. moment? Um, <laughs> the which, wave. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that was. Um, so, you know. Well, the shorthanded goal was a bad one. I mean, that was, yeah. and that was really unslaven. It was very unslaven like, and it was just, it, you have to, I mean, you hear it all the time, you have to, you can't hesitate at all in that situation. It's it's like that for goalies too, right? When they're deciding whether to come out and play the puck when it's kind of out in front of them at the circles. You hesitate, you just, just stay. Yeah. So for him, if there was any moment of like a, mm, maybe I shouldn't go, he should have just backtracked. But I feel like that's the, that's like the, uh, what's the, what's the, how does English work? Uh, what is the word <laughs> I'm looking for? Um, it's like, that's the effect of, um, a power play that's just kind of struggling for yeah. confidence, that unit at least. He's trying to make stuff. He's His thought is, this puck can't come out of the zone because we need to make something happen on this power play. And that is, I mean, offense is a drug. Mm-hmm. Like, you see the way it affects this team. So many so many talented two-way players that are focused way too hard on offense right now, and that's what it is. You, they're trying so hard to make things happen, and that's just not how you do it. Yeah. If, if you're trying to score, one, you probably won't score, Two, you're probably going to give up a lot of chances because you're cheating for offense. It's just not how it works. You you take care of positioning. You're in the right spots. That leads to goals. Like you're not going to score if you're spending thirty to forty five seconds a shift in your defensive zone mm-hmm. because yeah. you never even get a chance to score. And by the time you get out of the zone, you got to dump it. You got to get off. Or maybe you do stay out and then you don't score, and now you're really screwed because yeah. you've been out there forever. Um, so. You know, it's it's those type of things that the team definitely still needs to clean up. I do still think that they need a top four defenseman. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, the front office right now is looking at every option for that. I continue to hear a lot of Sammy Votnin rumors, um, which, you know, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. It, that's a definite rental to me. That's a guy that, uh, you know, you get for the rest of the season, you give up some picks, and, you know, next year he probably doesn't sign with you. Mm-hmm. Um and to be honest, I don't think the Hurricanes really need a guy like that with the Dougie Hamilton back no. in the lineup. It's just kind of because you got now Hamilton, Votnin, and Gardner. It's just like, what are we going to do with all these guys? Um, and, you know, he's he's more known for his puck moving than his stalwart defensiveness. And to me, they need a, they need a defensive-focused no. guy. I think a two-way guy wouldn't hurt, uh, a guy that can move the puck. Because to me, those guys are, are good at getting the puck out of the zone in general. Like if you're a good offensive player, you're good at getting the puck out. Um, and I think that Dougie Hamilton, the reason why you're seeing, you know, pucks in the zone so much more is because Dougie Hamilton is one of those guys. And, you know, while he might not be, and I say this kind of tongue in cheek because he's been amazing in the defensive end compared to his, you know, previously in his career this year. But while he might not be like the most shutdown defenseman in the world, he, 
he he is underrated at getting that puck out once they get possession. Um, so you know there's there's no one there to pick up that slack, and now they're just spending more time in their defensive zone. I think you're also seeing it's leading to more penalties. Like I've I've noticed that they're taking more lazy penalties. I think that Joel Edmondson's been the victim of that a lot lately because he's too slow. He's too slow to keep up with these guys, and it's just the it's. You know, I talked about this with Tom Franklin from the Blue Notes podcast uh, in St. Louis that um, you can't expect these guys to be what they're not. Yeah. Like, Joel Edmondson's not a every-night top-four slash top-two-at-times defenseman. Like he, So to expect him to be able to keep up with those guys and make those great plays and get every puck out cleanly and, and not take penalties against them trying to stop them from scoring, it's like, you know, why would you expect that? It's like everyone who expects Jake Gardner to put up, you know, 60 points this year. Like, it, it's not who he is. It might have been who he was at some point on a certain team with a certain roster, but it's just not, he's he's not built for that. He doesn't have, you know, the speed to to be amazing defensively because he, he just gets beat sometimes. And, uh, you know, he doesn't have the shot to score a bunch of goals. And, uh, you know, this, this sounds horrible. It sounds like I'm just shitting on him, but uh, I'm not. I, I'm just saying, you know, what he's doing right now to me is, is very is great yep. and is very reasonable to expect him to be able to do and to expect more than that is like just not fair to him you know to expect him to jump up and be an, a you know third defenseman on the team is just like what do you he's not going to give you that stop stop asking for it it's not going to happen you're only going to be upset by the outcome there um so you know i i think defensively we're going to keep having this conversation forever <laughs> until either hamilton comes back or they make a change defensively right yeah, I think I think you're right, and I think, quite frankly, I think the the rental type top four defenseman it might be the best scenario for this team for this year because, you know, with the team, you know, well, at least assuming the pieces come back next year, um, and a Dougie Hamilton back in the lineup every night, I don't think you're gonna have a, a slot for one of those guys, not not and keep you know and be able to pay him. <laughs> right. So, yeah. which is um, that's the big part. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's been really interesting. I mean, this this is you're right. Dougie Hamilton this year, it, his offense has always been mm-hmm. obvious. Yeah. His defense this year, when he's committed to it, that's been the difference in his game. That's why he's before he got hurt, Norris Norris yeah. Trophy candidate. Yeah. Because of that part of his game. Yep. And I don't think that he gets to. I mean, look, we saw the, we've always seen the level of offense. He had, what, 17 goals or something last year? Yeah. And he's always close to the league lead. I mean, 17 to 20 goals for a defenseman is you're going to be leading the league or really close to it. And he put up 14 before at the halfway point and then got hurt and is still third on the team in goals. You know what I mean? I think yeah. Natchez just tied him for third on the mm-hmm. team in goals. Um, but that is next level. Yeah. Like, that's a defenseman on pace for closer to 30, which to me is like, ridiculous and I don't think he he gets that level of opportunity to score without being so good in his defensive end because it it just all comes back to that and to me isn't isn't that such a simple concept like doesn't it doesn't it blow your mind that it seems like there's players that can't wrap their head around that it should be simple um I mean I've obviously never been a professional athlete right me I mean me either yeah so (laughs) but yeah, I mean, and, and I know these guys are, they're talking about it in the locker room. The yeah. coaching staff is talking to them about the game plan and they're talking through all these things. I, some of it is, you know, because of the times that they get hemmed in and all these things, they're getting tired and they're making tired decisions. Right. Um, or it looks like it's 
sometimes I would call it lazy. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's lazy. I just think they're worn out. And I mean, you play hockey, you know how yeah. those things can carry over. Oh yeah. It's not your body doesn't recover just because you went to the bench for a couple of minutes. No, no. So not completely. Uh, no. So I, I Especially think on defense when those yeah. guys are playing so many more minutes a game. Well, yeah. sure. I mean anybody anybody that's ever played any kind of sport, you always have for whatever reason, whether it's mental or whatever, you always have more energy <laughs> when you're on that breakaway oh, yeah. after a long shift. I mean, otherwise you're like, Oh my god, I can't breathe, I have to get to the It's bench. taxing, yeah, definitely. I think yeah, they've been losing a lot more fifty fifty battles. Um, and I don't know, to, uh, they've been spending more time in their zone, so I can see being more tired, but to me, they're spending more time in their zone because they're losing those 50-50 battles more, and I don't even, I don't think that that's a, like, I don't think that's the causality of it. It doesn't make sense. That's circular reasoning, right? But I think that the, the skill level dropping and, and guys having to play up kind yeah. of out of their normal roles is what's causing them. They're playing against guys that are better than them mm-hmm. on, a, on a, just night in, night out. Like most of the time, these defensemen, if your name's not Brett Pesci or Jacob Slavin, you're probably playing against a forward group that's just better than you. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're going to win more 50-50 battles against you than, than you're going to win because they're, they're better than you. Yeah. You know, That's just how that's going to go. Um, last piece of the puzzle, I guess, would be Goaltending, um, Reimer I think has been really good uh, over the last you know it's been a while now two months or so yeah. at least um, and then you know this last performance a six or five goal five goals allowed I don't think that he played you know a five goal allowed performance I think that that's like skewed by a lot of mistakes that the Hurricanes had and unlucky bounces and all that. Uh, I thought he played really well, actually. I mean, he saved the game yeah. with a few saves. Uh, he probably made three or four absolutely game-saving saves on one-timers, cross-crease attempts, and all that sort of stuff. That Was it overtime right before the shootout with like five seconds left that yeah. he made that save? Yeah, that no doubt. Save? Oh, yeah. He, he, he's played really well. Yeah, I would agree with you. He did, This was not a five-goal-against no. performance. No. Um, it just... You know, it was just one of those games. That, you know, whether it's defensive breakdowns. I mean, obviously the shorty, um, just those things. But no, I I think he's played really well over the last dozen or more games, um, and his stats I think probably show that. Yeah, they definitely do. Um, and then so two Tuesday, right? That's their next Tuesday. Game? Tuesday night, I think they start Peter Morozik. What? What? Who do you? Th- well, let me ask you both these questions. One, who do you think they will start? And two, who do you think they should start? In whatever order you want to take those. Well, in my opinion, I would answer them both with the same answer, and it's both Morazic. Yeah? Um, I do, yeah. I, I think you can't... Well, it's a confidence thing, in my opinion. That, that's mm. that's the way I would look at it. But obviously, I, you know, I, I don't know what the practices have been looking like. I don't know um, anything behind the scenes, but if... With the back-to-back now for Reimer, even though he played really well, I'd go with Morazic just to give him a... You know, I, I don't think it's good for any goaltender to sit out for very long. No. Um, particularly one guy that you know you, you went into the season going thinking he's your one. Uh, so you give him a chance to to see what he can do. That that would be my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, I, I'm all about riding the hot hand. I'd love that. I would love to see James Reimer out there next game, but I think that when you when you think to what this team, I mean, look, James Reimer has been great, 
but I've said this a lot of times. If if he was starting five games at a time, these numbers would he wouldn't be putting out these numbers. And that's just I don't I don't think that's very arguable. I think even he would probably agree with us on that. Um, as much as you know, guys would love to go out there and be amazing every night. Having a one-two system helps those goalies be better when they when they do go in. It also gives them competition to to you know have something to kind of fight for their playing time. Um, and I think that uh, I guess it was maybe a month ago now when the hur- when Peter Morozik was starting to get hot and the Hurricanes were riding with him a lot. And I think he had three or four starts in a row at least. Um, and you know Reimer was playing mostly back to backs. There was a game against Philadelphia that even though Reimer had started, it was right after he started his stretch of being really good, thinking his last two starts before that, he was like, you know, fantastic, really kept the team in it. And then this game comes, and I mean, he didn't look bad. He looked horrible. (laughs) He looked so shaky. He looked incredibly unconfident in his ability to, to keep anything out. It looked like anything that was getting thrown at the net was a, was an immediate scoring chance. Um, and I think that that is directly related to the fact that, you know, he spent so much time in between starts. So, you know, while these guys, look, these guys got to be professionals and be ready to play no matter what the case is. I think that, yeah, when you keep going farther and farther and farther in between starts, it it doesn't have a positive effect on them. So it's all about, to me, balancing, getting the best out of both guys because you need both of them. It would be different if you only needed one of them, which is, look how some, I mean, if it was, if we were on Tampa, and we're talking about Andre Vasilevsky, I'd be like, start this man every game for the rest of the season. I don't sure. care, you know? Uh, as long as he's not too tired to go in the playoffs, like, I-, I want him to start as many games as physically possible, and, you know, those other guys can just jump in and do their best. Mm-hmm. We don't really need him that much. But for this group, I don't think Morozik or Reimer is ultra capable of doing that, of, of stringing together a million starts in a row and still having the level of success that they've had so far. So I think that if you if you if you know you're going to need both guys, then you have to keep them both rotating in. And it doesn't help anyone to keep one guy in for too long and, and leave a guy out because eventually that guy's you know hits a cold streak. And when he does, you'd like to be able to throw the other guy in and, and pick up where he left off. And you can't because he hasn't played in forever and he's not super confident. And you're going to get a James Reimer in Philadelphia type, mm-hmm. you know. Um, performance and I don't think Mrazek's been great lately I think he's been actually really shaky over his last few starts but all in all you look at his season and you see you know at least average numbers and and I feel like that's that's fine that's that's all we need from him and I think there's a lot of recency bias that goes into people judging Peter Mrazek's performance a lot of people I feel like are somewhat unhappy with his performance and you know I think it's fine to be unhappy with his performance lately but calculating that up to you know this guy sucks we need someone else is maybe a little bit of a quick <laughs> quick reaction, you know? Um, so, I don't know. I like Peter Morozik. I'm fine with him being in there. I, I think he always is going to need someone else. You know, he's had his time to prove he's a number one, and I think he's proven that he's a 1A, 1B, and that's sure. and that's fine. I, I don't mind that system at all. Although, you got to be able to get on a real hot streak and roll, like in a playoff situation. And to be fair, I think Morozik's proven... He can do that. He did that last year. He willed the team into the playoffs, you know? When it was around this time last year, McElhaney got on his hot streak. They were starting him more. He played amazing. He was really part of getting that team building on that streak. And then he goes out for a little bit. Morozik starts coming in. He starts killing it. And then that's what they really rode into the playoffs. And then Morozik was great in the playoffs until he got hurt. And then, you know, you had McElhaney to step in and pick up right where he left off. Um, But... 
you need that ability to to really turn it on. And I know that Peter Morozik has that ability. I've seen it. I don't I don't know if James Reimer does because you know I haven't I have such a small sample size of of seeing him do it. But I have seen James Reimer play in the NHL before, and you know he's had plenty of stretches of being really good. I don't know that he's done it consistently enough to where I would be super comfortable with him. You know, taking on that complete role. So I think that you definitely need both of these guys, right? I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, I also think that I, I don't think it takes leaving a Morazic out of four consecutive starts to send a message. Right. Um, I, I quite I think two games is a message. I think the last two games is a message. Um, it's two. It's two messages. One, Reimer's been playing really well, so mm-hmm. you deserve a start. And secondly. Hey, Peter. This guy's beating you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean. So, and he's a fiery guy. He's a competitive guy. So I'm sure he'll, you know, that'll drive him. And, you know, at the end, I, I think we'll we'll see who deserves to be. It'll be very evident. Right. But I, 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 I don't think, there's not many teams out there. I mean, Tampa, like you said, is one. Yeah, sure. But that's when you have one goalie that's just so far mm-hmm. above your other goalie. So I don't think that's the situation here. I don't think these, they're very no. different goalies. Yeah. <laughs> Just but, like they were last year. Yeah, but they're not. It's not like one is head and shoulders above the other. They're no. They, I think they are a one and one a for this team. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and you know, I think that's the model that a lot of teams will take going forward. And if your one a can be, you know, that difference maker, then cool. That's great. You need that in the playoffs. Um, I mean, you look at you look. I hate to keep talking about the Bruins because I hate the Bruins and I don't like complimenting them on anything. But if I am going to do it, I would say their goaltending situation. And you know, look, I've been paying attention to it lately. It could be any Bruins fan listening to this is like, "What are you talking about? These guys have been terrible lately." I don't know. I'm just saying in general. I know that those two guys are probably the best one-two tandem. Like they could both be, you know, number one or one A type guys on most other teams. Uh, so to have them both is is pretty great to be able yeah. to lean on those, um, those things i mean those aren't long-term situations though because if you do have two really top end guys one one end guy really? ends up somewhere else yeah exactly it's look at new york last year the islanders right yeah. they had robin leonard thomas grice um and you know they're able to replace leonard with um what's his name uh varlamov and he's been good this year too um so that's another team you can kind of point an example at um but you know the same thing there. I don't. I don't know that uh, Semyon Varlamov or Thomas Grice is a guy that you can throw into the playoffs and say, "Hey, go kill it." You know, I think that they can both be good, but can they go on a streak like that where you can just rely on them? Or are you flipping goaltenders in the playoffs? It's kind of a thing we haven't really seen a whole lot before. But you know, sometimes I guess you could need to do it. I don't. I don't really think it helps you in a series where you're playing the same team yeah. every game, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't think you see flip-flop situation obviously we've seen where one goalie goes i mean the 2006 year i mean when yeah. going into that is an example where but that was you had merit based sure <laughs> but you had a one you know you're 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 number one all year long getting mm-hmm. you there and then started pretty shaky yeah. you make that switch to a cam war i mean so i think you see that switch and then it stays consistent sometimes. But yeah. The flip-flop, I don't know that that works in a playoff situation. No, I, I don't think so either. I don't think it's... A, so, you know, now I look at the Islanders and I'm like, I feel like Robin Leonard was that goalie that can get on that streak. And I think he's shown that Chicago too this year. Um, you know, is Thomas Grice that guy? Is Varlamov that guy? I guess Varlamov's, you know, he's been that guy for Colorado before. Uh, can he kind of 
summon that on himself and 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 have that sort of performance. I don't know, but I think that that's the that's definitely the model for goalies, you know. Yeah. And I, I it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the year plays out because I I don't you know we don't know you know year after year seeing Peter in the playoffs because he's such a fiery guy mm-hmm. and you have to get emotionally trained. Yeah, <laughs> I mean too. And Reimer's kind of a more he's a chill dad. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it'll be, I think these guys are going to, you know, they're going to go toe to toe as far as who's, you know, who's starting three games in a row here and there. Um, but I think at the end, I, I don't know. I, I, I like Peter Morozik a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we person. all do, right? Yeah. He's just <laughs> so fun to watch. I really love to see him succeed be- because of his personality too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I guess we'll see. Yeah. And you look, they're both, it's not like this is a one year thing. They're both under contract. Uh, for next year as well. So, um, you know, you got another guy like Nedeljkovic in the pipeline. What do you do with him? Uh, the Hurricanes haven't had a homegrown goalie prospect since Cam Ward. You know, they've kind of just been borrowing free agent goalies for two, three-year spans, and it usually hasn't worked out well. I think it's just over the last two years it started to work out. Um, so, you know, what do you, what do, you do with those guys? Um, one of them's probably got to go. I, I don't think you let Ned go because of that. You need a... <laughs> You need a prospect guy that you can pay, you know, let comes up through the system, knows your system, you're comfortable with him, you know exactly what you should get out of him. Um, you see him every every game he plays in your system, right? And then he's obviously getting paid less because he's an AHL guy being brought up instead of an NHL guy that you're you're bringing over in the open market, which always you know skews up salaries. Um, so I don't know. I think these guys are are not just battling for playing time now. I think they're mm-hmm. battling a lot for playing time in the future. Yeah, I would agree. I think that's, I think some of the mindset though has been that that's why we saw the goalie signings that we saw over the, in the off season, because I don't think any, even though everybody said, yeah, Mrazek's going to be like the guy, I don't think anybody really believed that he was <laughs> that every, you know, a 60 game. No, guy. I don't think he believed that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure he would love for that to happen, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, and, that's most goalies nowadays. You don't. There's not a whole lot of Hendrik Lundqvists, you know, Marty Brodeurs. Yeah, all all those guys. There's not a whole lot of those left out there. And I think that that has a lot to do with the system that teams. You know, I talk about this all the time. I feel like you should have, you know, eight eight to nine million max in your goalie budget. And to me, you need two guys. So, however you want to do that, if you want to go spend seven mil on one guy, that's you know you're going to lean on all year and and spend the rest on a backup, a replacement level backup, then that's one way to do it. But I think the much better way to do it is to have like a 4 million guy and a 3 million guy. And, you know, one starts, you're hoping for 45 to 50 starts out of them. The other guy carries the rest. I think that's the model for success. Yeah, I would agree. I, I I don't think, because then then again, I mean, you're talking, when you look at things as a GM long-term, you know, that, that $7 million guy, you see it every, all the time where, You've seen these top end, high level goalies. I mean, the all stars go through years that they just struggle. They have off years, and so, but now you're trapped in a contract situation, yeah, where you can't go out and do anything about it. Right. So. Yeah, it's tricky for sure. All right. Well, forty three minutes. I think we've probably taken up enough time. I'm I'm tired. Are you tired? I'm a little tired. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me. It doesn't me. happen Appreciate all it. that often. Um, we live in different states now, but it was, it was fun. It was fun. It's nice to get to talk to someone else. I've gotten to talk to people on the show, right? 
through a computer, though. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever sat down with someone in the same room as me. Well, I feel privileged, thanks. You should. You definitely <laughs> should. But also, it makes me feel much less crazy, which is good for my personal well-being. So uh, yeah. thank you for I'm making me feel help. less crazy. Yeah, okay. Cool. All right. Well, you know what to do. Follow at SSKane's podcast on Twitter. Go to those individual feeds I mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, if you skipped it, why would you do that? Hey, don't skip that. Don't skip this either. Don't hit skip. I know you're about to hit that 15 second plus. Don't do that. Don't do that. Listen to this part. Go to the individual feeds, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, everything like that. Uh, rate and review and subscribe to it. I know that you're used to subscribing to the normal you know, feed on its own. There's a new one. I know. I'm sorry. I don't make the rules. This is just how it works. You got to go subscribe to that one. It has no ratings and reviews because it's brand new. So go fill that up. You know, if you've done it already, go do it again, please. I'll give you, you know, a high five or something, you know, if you see me in person, which you won't. So it's okay. Uh, but go do that, please. You can also email at sirensounderpod at gmail.com if you, if you want to for some reason. I don't know why you would, but, you know, maybe somebody out there does. I honestly haven't checked that email in like three weeks. So if you have emailed that, Sorry. If I missed it, I haven't forgot about you. I just, you know, it went like two months and I got zero emails on that. And I just said, yeah, no one's ever going to do this, but it's going to be there as an option. So I'm sorry. I'll go check it just to make sure. Uh, but you can do that as well. So thank you for listening. Uh, go do all the things I just mentioned. And we'll be back on Thursday. Have a good week.